You are listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to one of us.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. So, after watching the first episode of this, I told Alan that we were not going to review this. Little did I know that he decided to binge the entire season of this show. Uh, you are a brave man. So, well, Bradley felt compelled to finish with him, too. <laughs> yeah, because what happened was we were like, oh, man, uh, I was so excited for it because I saw the trailer. I was like, hey, it's a Netflix original. It's sci-fi. I'm already sold. And then Justin watches the first episode before me and says this is terrible. I'm like, you know what? Me and Justin have very differing taste. I bet it's not that bad. So I well, watched the first you, episode. Screw you, Justin. <laughs> Pretty much. Literally, I was like, no, no, no. Screw the critics. Screw everyone. I watched the first episode. I was like, oh, God, this is so badly written. And then I just kept watching because I'm like, oh, you know what? It's late. We're going to review it the next day. I bet Bradley's already watched it. I know Justin hasn't. So I'm just watching it to episode eight. I was like, hey, Bradley, are we ready for tomorrow? I was like, oh, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> 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 wow better late than never for this freaking show uh this is another life which dropped on netflix last friday i want to say yeah uh, yeah i think so uh it, the episodes range somewhere between 37 to 61 minutes and uh it feels longer i'll say that <laughs> but um yeah this is a new sci-fi show from netflix and usually netflix has a good track record for producing original series i mean stranger things and house of cards at least when it started kind of thing like that and Narcos, a bunch of other shows on netflix uh, Vandal, yeah so like, yeah. what I was going to say Narcos, American Vandal. Like, they're pretty good with their original programming. Yeah, yeah. So, let's just introduce ourselves our so quickly, though. I'm Justin Zarian, as usual. Uh, we got Alan over here. Hello, I'm here also. Yes, you are indeed. And we got Bradley. Hello, happy to be here. Are you really, though? I am. I am. You know, we, we <laughs> okay. all experience trials and turbulation and tragedy, and it's good to talk about it. <laughs> I like to think of this review as not a review, but therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan, why don't you give us the setup here? What is this show about? Okay, so basically uh, what ends up happening is this is, from what I could tell, this is like maybe 20, 30 years in the future. And this weird alien, like... Only 20 or 30 years? It feels like it, because they, they dropped like 2026 as like a couple, like a bunch of years ago. So it feels like this is 2030, 2040 type shit. And Jeez. yeah, this weird alien device comes in. And just lands in the middle of, like, I guess New York or some populated area. And then it drops some weird crystalline thing. And then jump to six months. And they're like, oh, you know what? This thing's been sending a signal to this far off planet. And because we've actually established some version of space travel, even though the show barely explains it, we're going to go all the way to this planet, just like the plot of Prometheus, <laughs> and go see what the fuck is going on. <laughs> no, seriously. If you explain any details about this show... It's literally like a mashing of like seven or eight different movies and TV shows into one show because it's part Arrival, it's part Prometheus, it's part Alien. Like like you guys, you mentioned one point, it just flat out turns into Alien at one point. There is a uh, cold opening that is literally just Alien one. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah. I remember seeing that. And then um, there's also a bunch of stuff in there from Battlestar. There's a bunch of stuff from Stargate. It's literally just any show that you've ever seen, any sci-fi show. Oh, and yeah. uh, Apollo thirteen they reference briefly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so where should we start with this 
I, I don't even know where to start. I guess, honestly, we'll just start right at the basis. This is probably one of the worst written shows I've seen in a long time. Like, I'm surprised. I almost want to go to Gotham and apologize a little bit. Because, <laughs> like, Gotham was just poorly, like, executed. But at least the dialogue there made sense for the weird-ass show that it was. This just goes from some of the worst dialogue ever. It's like, yeah, he's not ready, but I trained him to do this. I'm like... Why did you pause there? It's like, are you trying to pull a William Shatner right now? Speak a line of dialogue and have it make sense. Well, it's, it's just... not just the writing. It is the acting with it, too. Because, honestly, they got a big cast of, like, D-list, C-list actors on here. Which, sorry, Katie Sackhoff. You know, she's a good actress from Battlestar. But I wouldn't consider her a great actress kind of thing. Yeah. But everyone is struggling against these horribly written lines. Like, honestly, there are so many points where Lexi and I, like, we, we were on, like, the, the room level of laughter of how terrible some of the lines were. Like, we just had to pause and just, like, laugh uncontrollably. So, like, there's that bit in the beginning when they meet the daughter of uh, the main character and the, the father's just like, oh, where is my daughter? Oh, hello there, my daughter. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, jeez. Yeah. I, I I've never that, I like... talked like that to any of my kids, by the way. And I've had lots of opportunity. <laughs> that has never come up. Yeah, it's like the whole lost in space. Hello, wife. That's exactly, <laughs> yes, exactly. And from what I hear from Alan, uh, it gets only worse from there. It only gets worse because like, even in the episode when they have an exchange of like, oh, I'm going to go for six like months. I'm like, why did you – like they have these weird pauses to try to be like dramatic. And then they have these weird explanations like, oh, you, told, you trained this guy. He should be ready. Yeah, I know I trained this guy. That's why I know he's not ready. I'm like, you just repeated half his dialogue just to try to make it sound more – like professional I'm like you are so poorly executing anything that you're saying and it's like that just sticks out the worst because there's so many examples of this dialogue making either no sense them just making it up on the spot feeling like it's improv or it's just really poorly fucking written well because also the problem is it made it hard to establish what relationships people had with each other in this because there was one point when there's the main character Katie Sackhoff's character um, and then Tyler Hecklin from Supergirl is in this and they have this whole argument and they're establishing who's the leader of this expedition I wasn't clear who was the captain of this crew like they kept saying things that would contradict each other I'm like wait so you said this but then you said it in the way that implies that you're the captain but then he's actually the captain but then what? It's, it's a confusing thing because what it is is uh, basically Superman from CW he is that's his crew it's like the captain and the crew and all that stuff whereas Katie Sackhoff's character Nico comes in and she's like the admiral so she's like I'm in charge of the mission but you're kind of in charge of your crew so it's like this weird dynamic of she's in charge of the overall mission but then he kind of does the day to day shit but, but that's not clear, clear at yeah. all in the way they speak no, it the whole, so. the whole series Justin runs like a parody of an of a cop investigation where the FBI shows up, you know, like who's in charge here? Well, well I am. Not anymore. You're not. Like that happens a good. What would you say, Alan? Six or seven times throughout the whole show. <laughs> it's yeah, because everyone's yeah, yeah, because she kind of comes in and it's like I'm trying to take care of everything, but everyone kind of immediately hates her and she gives them good reason to because she's kind of I wouldn't say incompetent. She sucks. She's the worst person. Seriously, she's just a terrible person to be around, but she seems to be the most competent. <laughs> But she is confident. Biggest... Katie Sackhoff has very confident eyes as well. So that helps. Because the dialogue the doesn't. Pro... Yeah. The dialogue doesn't, but the progression of the show is so awful. Because this show has, in the first episode, has like five different time jumps. So when the <laughs> fucking alien thing lands, and one of the characters sees it, we don't know who the fuck she is. She's some weird vlogger that has like hundreds of millions of people. Which, be sure they tell you that like six times every episode. Yeah, yeah. It really, and then it jumps yeah. six months. You're like... <laughs> So nothing interesting happened in six months. Yeah. Not the dissolution of every religion. Not uh, you know cities falling apart just because of sheer chaos. Nothing happened in six months. Okay, six months later, we're like, hey, we're going to go on a sing whatever. Okay, cool. 
jump to three months later. We're like, now we're on a ship, which we haven't explained, <laughs> traveling through space, which we never established the level of technology on this planet, on Earth, going to a place that we're just telling you as it's happening. By the way, I'm Captain. He's also Captain. That's the guy we were talking about. Like, what the fuck is going on in this episode? Yeah, no, seriously. that I was lost by a good, like, ten minutes into the story. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Because like you said, when you say it's like 20 or 30 years in the future... I'm shocked because the stuff they're doing here is like 2150 level of technology. You know what I mean? Like like spaceships and certain mechanical kind of things. I'm just like, there's no way this is that near in the future. It, well, because, yeah, at one point, I don't know if it's the same episode or the next episode. One with them just like, oh, yeah, back in 2026, this happened. I'm like, okay. Then throwing that's like us throwing around the 2000s. I'm like, okay, cool. We're at least like 30, 40 years in the future. But, yeah, the level of technology they have is they can create artificial gravity on ships and they can go faster than the speed of light FTL. But they can also like, do uh, telephone calls from across galaxies, apparently, too, with those little hollow calls they have. I'm like, yeah, oh, hollow calls. The hollow calls are hilariously bad because you have the situation where they have that, then they'll switch back and forth, which is kind of cool. But at one point, it is like, I don't even know how to explain how ridiculous this is. Do you remember in like Citizen Kane when the guy's like running and there's a, like a little running thing and it's like a miniature version of him? Yeah, and it's kind yeah, of superimposed. Yeah. They do something in this that looks like a poor Photoshop from like some drug chip well, on a random television Because what it looks show. like is like they film both scenes with both actors in the shots, and then they just throw this like weird like CG overlay to make them crackle and sparkle every now and then to let you yeah. know it's electronic. Yeah, every now and, and then, so you know it's a photo call. Or a yeah, but Bradley. also, man, I gotta say though, the effects in this show are awful. All they the range though. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're trash. Well, no, like I'm even the first opening that. bit when the when the alien ship lands and it turns into the crystal thing i'm just like that, that's one of the Ooh. worst that's one of the worst yeah. effects through the whole show for certain Ugh. now do we know if was this filmed as if it was supposed to be on tv because you can tell where they'd put the commercial breaks if it was i thought that was odd <laughs> yeah. yeah you're not wrong i, I have to assume this was made for canadian television or something like that where it maybe did air on like network or something like that because yeah that's weird to have those pauses where i'm like wait I guess that's where the commercial goes. It's, it's like watching Hulu when you don't have Hulu Plus and you're like, oh, yeah, this is where the commercials break goes normally. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like the, 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 what you call it, the effects aren't necessarily that bad because like when they're showing planets and stars and stuff, like you can tell that's where the money is. You can definitely tell when they're making like actual like plants. Like, that is 100% where the money is. So I don't necessarily say it's a cheap show, but it's like it's really a show that I honestly don't know how this got made. Because usually with the, like, when you, okay, the new Star Trek, I know a lot of people, especially Star Trek fans, are, aren't a huge fan of it. But I actually really enjoy the new Star Trek. I think it's well written, especially the second season where it feels like a different show, but in a good way. They have good, they use their effects well, they use their environment well, they're doing cool philosophical things. This feels like, this person, whoever wrote this show is a fan of Star Trek, Star Wars, Battlestar, uh, Stargate, and Aliens. Is a fan and wrote this. And you yeah. not saying, oh, this person loves it at Passive Project, because usually that happens. Well, no, no, this person's also bad at writing. This person well, I can tell you who wrote yeah. most of the show, too. Um, <laughs> so the guy who's the creator and writer of this show is Aaron Martin. Now, the reason I say that name, I looked at his credits here, and it ranges from very mediocre to, ooh, boy. Because uh, the previous show he did was that show Slasher, which got resurrected by Netflix. Um, uh, okay. It's an anthology show where it's all a different, like, you know, serial killer oh, story. Oh, yeah, I heard about time. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is not awful it's not great or good but it's not bad kind of thing but then the thing he's also most well known for is degrassi the next generation and oh hey that's a tell, canadian show isn't it uh, yeah that's again why i believe it's probably canadian production that's and you can why tell that, that yeah. because a lot of the cast members in this show feel like they were cast of like some preteen photo model kind of uh, like, like like photo album kind of thing because oh my gosh like 
no one's going to believe that these supermodels are a, a space crew or astronauts. They also anyway. talk yeah. like um, I'd range High eight to fifteen year old kids. Yeah. No, seriously, and, and which is weird because there are some who very clearly look like they're like seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. But then there's like uh, Jake Abel, that guy from Love and Mercy, who plays the uh, I, I forget his name, the, the big doofus character with the blonde hair, kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're like, what was his name? Sasha in this? Was it? Yeah, Sasha. Yeah. Where you're like, I know this dude's a good actor because I've seen him in other movies, but he looks like he would, really doesn't want to be there, kind of thing. You're just like, why did I sign up for this? No, I, he he's probably the standout because. Well, he has no choice but to be, because towards the end, he kind of has to play a layered character. And it's actually quite jarring, because this show doesn't have a layered characterizations until, what would you say, Alan? Episode 6? Uh, episode never. 7? <laughs> no, because like, the thing is, the thing about you say layered characters, and it's like, I'll say this, Shasta's trying his best, but he, him, Nico, the weird AI are really the only characters that actually get any sort of development because th- they start to show off by everyone saying their jobs. Like, oh, I'm the communication engineer. I'm the actual engineer. I'm the this, I'm the that. But they, their jobs never fit what they actually do. Right. Because the, one of the things with this show is this show is just a fix-it-up. Yeah, like, they'd... the entire series is every episode some bullshit's happening where they have to fix it. <laughs> And the reason that happens is because one of the dumbasses there says, let's fly around the sun. Don't worry, the ship can take it. Obviously, the <laughs> ship can't take it. And just starts breaking it. It's like, hey, guys, we got a season worth of content. Because that's what every episode ends up becoming. It's like, well, this part's broken. Okay, how are we going to fix that? We're going to do some Star Trek mumbo jumbo to fix it. Okay, what's next? Okay, we go to a planet. Well, this causes this problem. And this show has the funniest way to deal with character deaths. Because this show does kill a lot of characters. And I don't know what to call it. I don't know what you want to call it, Bradley, but I call it the extra vault. So for, so basically what it is, is how, what this trip was is they're basically taking a bunch of their brightest minds and they're going to go all the way to this planet to figure out what the signal's there. And normally when you have this kind of Star Trek aliens, it's just, you know, five to ten people, which is how it is. Yeah. But apparently there's like 30 extra people that are in tubes. So yeah, let's yeah. say let's say a pilot gets An shot, undisclosed dies. Undisclosed amount of people are in the tubes. <laughs> the extra vaults, basically. So let's say pilot dies, like, oh no, how are we gonna fly a plane? It's okay. Let's just un let's just wake up another one. Yeah, they pretty much have a respawn. Like, they have like, a respawn. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so oh, sad wow, like... because and I say that tongue in cheek, because the morning when someone dies, they're like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that. Rachel's gone, and the audience has known Rachel for like what the thirty seconds that she came seconds. in to get killed, you know. So, oh yeah. no, poor uh, Rachel, was it? I, I, yeah, no, even in the first episode I watched, like they introduced like twelve characters right off the bat, and I'm like, I don't know their names, I don't know who they are, I don't know why I should care. The only thing I know of them is usually their hairstyles or their jokes they make, because there's some characters there who are only purposes to say the, the silly dialogue. Like, yeah. freaking, what's her name, the really pretty woman who sits in the uh, the chair with the iPad all the time? There's a bunch of really pretty girls. I think your name, yeah. name is August. Yeah, she she's only there to be the sassy girl, just like, no, you don't think I'm gonna do this, or oh, I don't, you know, I can't believe you just said that kind of thing. I'm just yeah, like, uh, give her some so freaking angry. character. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. In ten episodes of basically, let's just fix the ship every time it blows up. It you think that situation was like, well, this is where the people get their character development. Nobody gets character development because everyone feels so interchangeable. Not necessarily with the extra vault where people could just come in as they die. It's more of just everyone just kind of does whatever job that they're required for the scene. So yep. multiple people are doing multiple things, and it's like you don't really get to know anybody. So when the situations and characters die in sometimes incredibly violent ways, 
it's like I don't really care because I barely know this person's name. Like I had to just look some of these people up. So I'm like, what is this person's name? Yeah, <laughs> the show well, doesn't then, even do that. Yeah. Meanwhile, while all that stuff's going on, you also cut back to back on Earth where you follow the husband of Katie Sackhoff's character. And it was funny because I first saw him and I'm like, this guy looks really familiar, but he has a beard. And then I saw his forehead veins and I'm like, oh, it's the dude from Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forgot that. Man, oh, the one yeah, he's a bad actor. I saw his head. I'm like, is? oh, yeah. On his trailer, he's out those hideous forehead veins he has. And I'm like, yep, that's him. All right. <laughs> yeah, because I remember Aww. you mentioning that, but I forgot. Like, I forgot he was in the show. But yeah, the, the basically, yeah. So the plot, basically, the plot of the whole ship is that hey, we're, we're trying to get to this planet and we got to fix it. The stuff on Earth is the weird crystal thing. We're essentially trying to solve it. And honestly, to me, that's the most interesting part of the show. Well, it's just Arrival. Yeah. It 100% is just Arrival. And Arrival is a great movie. Uh, it's a mix of Arrival and Interstellar because Interstellar always cuts back to the Earth stuff as they're trying to figure this shit out. And that's the most interesting thing because, because again, this is a mystery. They're trying to break this stuff down. Yeah, they're terrible actors, but I'm just curious. I'm like, what exactly is this? And like how most shows would just never show you anything until the last episode of the season. This kind of goes really in-depth really quickly. And you can tell, as terrible as this is, there's at least a sense of flow. Like, they have ideas. They're just not really well executed. Like, this is a show that has that, sh- that should have a terrible first season and then they're like you know no, no, we're gonna get a better writer so that season two is amazing because there's elements here that work the ship is large and interesting enough that there's always something happening the stuff on earth there's enough twists and turns and characters kind of getting killed off that it actually makes it suspenseful because you don't really know what's going to happen but everyone here is either getting is either a terrible actor or terribly written dialogue and it really makes me upset because i'm like this could be good but it's not yeah. No, and there's just a bunch of types when it comes to the characters, too. Like, freaking uh, that one dude in the background who I affectionately name as Discount Hurley from Lost, who he's literally oh, yeah. just Hurley, but with, you know, a few pounds lighter kind of thing. And then you got the young girl who's clearly, what's her name from Firefly, the young engineer girl kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you got just everybody is only identified by their types. And that's the thing where it's like those kind of types can be fun, like you said, though, if they're good actors and if they have good dialogue to work with. Because even um, – Freaking what's his name? Adam Baldwin from Firefly. I would never say he's a great actor, but he had a great character and some great lines given to him. Here, no one has that kind of thing. And it's just, it's painful to watch. And it's even painful because you could see them trying. Like freaking um, Justin Chatwin, I don't think he's a great actor at all based on the stuff I've seen him in. But he's clearly trying his hardest. And you almost have to give him yeah. props for just like, dude, I appreciate it, but you don't know what kind of show you're in, do you? Yeah, everyone I'm, is I trying their best. Too. Yeah, I mean, we all want to root for him. Everybody deserves to come back from, like, a bomb that he's been in, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. This I mean, I, I, again, I've, I've only seen one episode, so I can't count too much on everything about it, but are there other, any other major, like, general points you guys want to cover before we go through final ratings and such? Well, these characters don't even have arcs. They just have stuff they shout at each other. <laughs> Alan, uh, I wanted to ask you, Alan, did anybody except for William the AI, AI have an arc in this show? Uh, they tried to give an uh, arc to Nico of her basically like every single Katie, time she makes Katie a Zakoff's de- character. Yeah, Katie Zakoff's yeah. character. But every single time she tries to make a decision, uh, it results in people's death, and that clearly haunts her. And <laughs> you know that because she says it haunts her. Yeah, it's not it. funny either. It really shouldn't be as funny as it is. But dude, there's a line of dialogue that made me fucking die. It's like, yeah, she had to make a tough decision. And I know some of us in this room can't even decide between chocolate mint ice cream and chocolate chip ice cream. But imagine you having to make that decision. I'm like. What are you fucking talking about? Well, she had to blow up half a mint. ship and you're comparing it to ice cream. <laughs> and everyone says I'm a hero, but I'm not a hero. I'm just someone who made a choice. 
And that's uh, fine if you're like 12. As an adult, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, heroes make tough decisions. I'm following you. You know, go on. But yeah, they just shout shit at each other. They don't even actually have real conversations. I don't think you can pilot this ship. You're too emotional. I think you're a douche. And then you're just waiting, like, is there a sex scene coming up? I think this is going to lead into a sex scene. And then it gets pretty saucy. But then the sauciness is also absurd. Now, I haven't been with many women at all, and I'm not going to talk about anything like that. But, Alan or Justin, in your experience, does standing next to a woman turn them on so much that they start making sex noises? Because it does in this show, and it's ridiculous. They spent three episodes high, so who knows what we're going to have them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Good excuse. Good excuse for that. And the yeah. hookups are all unnatural and creepy. and Well, not creepy, just silly like in TV, you know. And the heroism in a lot of the episodes are because I guess the character didn't have anywhere else to go. So kill him and then we won't have to worry about it. Um I know you said it as a complaint, Alan, but I will say I did enjoy a red shirt showing up. I forget your fun name for him since they don't wear red shirts or uniforms. They make a point the to extra say. extra vaults. Yeah, extra vaults. <laughs> when they show up just to die, I actually enjoyed that. I thought that was the funniest part of the show whenever one would show up. And they'd be like, oh boy, something's going to happen to that extra vault. What's going to happen? This is kind of fun. Because it's, it's so confusing because when it gets introduced, like they talk about it. When it gets introduced, you're like, wait, there are just like 60 people just chilling in these fucking vaults? Like, how, <laughs> how big is this ship? Do they get paid? Are they getting the same kind of benefits that the captain's getting? Why is okay. she the captain? She clearly doesn't want to be, but she says she has a duty, a duty that she doesn't want, but only she can do it. And I know that's kind of a nitpick since every sci-fi show, well, not every sci-fi show, but nine to ten, it's, oh, he's the best damn so-and-so that can, and the only one so that so. can do this, you know. So. The best guy that could do things. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Earth's pretty big. I, I hope we kind of bury that trope Sunday and the people want to space exploration you know and not get forced into it because they're the best damn so-and-so well, who's a what's it to... it's a top secret mission so i'm okay with that trope but yeah. it's something that bothers me in the show because they're in this weird thing they call it soma i'm assuming that they just want to direct coma but make it sound more space <laughs> yeah more uh, spacey so... coma because <laughs> that's what it is uh the thing is it's weird because they're like oh no the soma tubes are down Except for the ones that hold all the extras in it, because yeah. they seem to be fine, even though we're not. So we can't go into the soma tubes, but they can't, because they're on a different system? I don't fucking know. <laughs> that didn't make any sense oh. when that part happened. Ugh, so. It was infuriating, but the thing about the show is, like, as much as I'm shitting on it, there are some positives. I think whenever they go to planets, it's always kind of interesting. For the most part, they kind of somewhat, like, when they talk about science, they sometimes get it right, but then they sometimes say stupid-ass fucking shit about it. That makes <laughs> no sense sometimes like that's not how science works but then sometimes they'll say some really interesting things i'm like there is this show is one of those shows it has a lot of potential like that's why i kept watching it because i'm like you know what i'm just kind of curious what bullshit they'll get into next so it's not i don't want to say it's, it's bad but it's not necessarily boring outside the first episode first episode is a drag but the rest of it you're just yeah. like what crazy ass shit is gonna happen next and it, it's all bad but it's, yeah, it's somewhat it, interesting yeah honestly it wasn't that hard to binge you know hmm. Okay. It's 10 episodes and most of the episodes are 40 minutes so you're you're as at the first even the last episode was like 47 minutes i was like it's not a hard show to binge and you don't you really, yeah. there's not much you have to pay attention to because they'll repeat themselves over and over and over again whether it's nico's <laughs> guilt or 
one of the crew members horniness or the fact that the big guy has a beard and he knows he has a beard you know that everything gets repeated <laughs> over and over again it's very easy that is his ki- that is defining character trait dude with beard yeah <laughs> uh, my name's dude with beard and i am the and he looks at his card yeah but i know exactly who he's talking about yeah. communications expert that's boring can i be something else and i swear one of the key grips say say terraformer so he's like i'm a terraformer awesome <laughs> Oh gosh! So uh, one other thing to ask: so Are there any other like guest stars that appear in this? Because I know, um, so th- we mentioned Tyler Hecklin shows up, which uh, I mean, I'm sure they couldn't keep Tyler Hecklin very long on this show. But uh, I mean, are there any other uh, characters or actors who really show up, like make a big impression, like like any notable names or uh, which ones? Not, which one was yeah. Tyler Hecklin? Uh, he was yeah. the captain in the first episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he he kind of comes back every now and then, but I can't really think of any. Like notable, like I know there's a uh, the guy that plays Sasha's dad. I swear I've seen him in other stuff. Oh, I can't uh, yeah, that's uh, Martin Donovan. Yeah, he's probably the only yeah, notable person in the show. Most of the show are unknowns, except for one of the people that there. She played Gypsy in The Flash. I'm like, she was way better there. I don't know what happened here. Well, then there's also uh, Selma Blair's in the show too, as um, the media yeah. influencer lady, which I didn't even recognize her when I saw her. Yeah, neither so. did I. But uh, she's a, really yeah, she's a she's the one the vlogger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's, so, uh, yeah. she's hamming it up, and I think she knows it's a hammy show, but everyone takes her so seriously, <laughs> so it's kind well, of funny. Well, that's thing that probably should have been, like, the show should have been funnier. More like, hammy, it feels like, yeah. Yeah, this should have been a hammy show, but, like, the people who are not clued in on the fact that it's so goofy are playing it with such deadpan seriousness throughout this, so it yeah, kind of, yeah. it, it makes it funnier because it's not supposed to be funny, almost. No, Nobody but. at any time in this show has a civil discussion. It's always a disagreement. And someone is always more angry than the other person, even when they have the same goals. You know, that's what makes it so, I guess, dramatic. And like we pointed out earlier and like what you pointed out with uh, this writer's previous work, like a 12 to 15 year old. You know, everything's confrontational. Nobody wants to get anything done. They just want to be left alone. But they can't be left alone because people who want to be alone don't get to go to prom. So... (laughs) Well, then, uh, why don't you segue then to your final thought, Bradley, with that? Uh, what are just your final ratings and such? It actually is a very easy, bingeable, safe show. I was very upset by its ending because it does the same thing that a lot of these big promises of epic scale do. I won't spoil oh, no. what that is, but, yeah, it sounds like you, you kind of know what I mean by that. Um, yeah. I hate the dialogue in this. It's trying to be funny, but not really... I feel like a lot of the science explanations weren't written down. The script just said, come up with something. Like, yeah. you know, like the captain will be like, oh, no, we're being sucked into the star's gravity. If the FTL gets engaged by any kind of solar flare, then we'll end up like. And then there'll be a pause and one of the bitchy characters will be like, like a toddler with a Sharpie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're, yeah, they always do that lame shit. I'm like, yeah. you realize you could just, you explained it fine, right? You don't have to fucking dumb it down. Yeah, we're all pretty sure that a, a spaceship going into a sun would kill everyone on board. You don't have to talk to us like idiots. Um, no. I usually hate the child actor the most in a, in a movie or a show because child actors are generally bad, and that is a pet peeve I'm trying to get over. This one, not so bad because everyone was awful, so that was kind of fun. 
Yeah, um, I was gonna say I'm like she was pretty bad, but everyone was on the she same was, level but bad as her. Yeah, so, everyone was yeah. kind of bad. Like, hello, daughter. Like, oh no way, <laughs> she's no a kid way. Actor, I'll give her. She's not the worst on the show. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, she, this was a case where because everyone else is so bad, I'm not gonna give her grief over it. It's like, look, it's just there's an overall issue with directors going on here and writing. Exactly. Uh, another thing. Every time someone has a dream in a movie, I'm always disappointed because they're oh. never like dreams. You know what I mean? Where's a giraffe with a hat selling cotton candy? You know, where's a seal that's doing your taxes in the other room? Like, I'm going to have these done by Friday. Like, all the dreams are incredibly boring and safe. That's always disappointing to me, though. Well, another pet peeve. But there's a yeah, the lot of dream sequences. Was- yeah. Yeah, the one that bugged me here was the first episode where she's dreaming about seeing her husband and daughter again. And she's just like, I love you, 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 I love you. I'm just like, okay, we get it. She misses her family. They're just elaborate memories. That's a, just, that's a movie trope I can't stand where it's like, dreams just elaborate memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, terrible. So, what would your final okay, rating Okay, and yeah, my final rating. Let's see. I'm going to give this... Oh... I don't want to be too mean because it's it's really not offensive or anything. I'll say three signals to ten planets that might have something on them, but you'll have to wait till other seasons. Whoa! It's three out of okay, ten. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. say this. I don't think this has any chance of getting renewed, but if it does, who knows, oh my gosh. man? <laughs> Netflix is weird. I almost wanted to get renewed because I want a different writer. <laughs> like I've seen, I've seen shows go from season one to like Supergirl season one was awful, was probably worse than this, and then season two was amazing. Like you, could, if you get a good writer, you could save a show. He's right. He's not wrong. Well, maybe, maybe. Well then, uh, I mean, I don't, I can't give this a review because I only saw the one episode. But screw it, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna watch anymore. So Alan, <laughs> why don't you give your final thoughts? Uh, this is it's weird because as somebody that watches all of these shows, like I, I mean, I've never seen Battlestar Galactica or Firefly because of how it ended, but I've watched I do I've watched Stargate, I've watched Star Trek, I watch Star Wars, like I watch uh, I watch a lot of these uh, sci-fi shows. So to a certain, and I'm a scientist, so to a certain degree, I understand some of the mumbo jargon that they have to explain. But then I understand a lot of the character tropes, and sometimes they're useful, sometimes not. Like I love Stargate SG One. That's one of my favorite shows ever. And yeah, the first season did a lot of this stuff, but there, it was always interesting with the worlds. They clearly got good actors, probably some of the best actors at the time, and they were able to make this kind of what should have been a sloppy show really, really interesting. This doesn't. This takes a lot of the elements that you've seen from other shows: the different planets, the the uh, you know the the different kind of ships, the science we know nowadays, mixing it in with some pseudoscience and some stuff we're going to make up on the spot because it's advanced enough, but fails in every single way. It feels like every episode is kind of made up on its own. Every episode feels. Like, it's episodic. Where it's like, hey, we'll see you next week as it blows up, as another part of the ship explodes, and we got to figure out which one of our extras we're going to wake up to die. And that's <laughs> what the show feels like. This show feels like an episodic show that got binged on Netflix because they had no faith in it, and I see why. This is really unfortunate how bad this is. Because, like, there aren't that many bad uh, Netflix originals. This is definitely the top of the list. Next to the other sci-fi fucking show that they did, which is Lost in Space, which I think is way worse than this, but it has way more money. No. Oh, I lost its base. It's awful. I couldn't even get past one episode. <laughs> it was so poorly written. It was so stupid. And this is honestly, this is just as bad. So honestly, I'm just going to give this 2 out of 10 heartbroken AI. <laughs> Aww. I will say the AI was like one of the only good actors in the show. He's the but... only one with an arc. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't make sense. He's like, oh, I just wish I knew how to be human. It's like, you're the only one emoting, dude. You're the only one emoting. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, really. Everyone else is deadpan. This guy's like hamming it up like he's on a Shakespearean play. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people think they're big breaks on terrible shows like this. Just like, hey, maybe I'll get cast in something else if I, if I really show off my skills. Oh, yeah. <laughs>